Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, March 8th, 8th, H. <laughs> this is a new new day of the week, H. Yeah. All right. There's a very real danger that I'm going to fall asleep in the middle of this. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do that again. Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, March 8th, 2013. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere. This week, lawn chair performance tips, simplifying your CSS with CSS Simple, and preparing for the zombie apocalypse of devices, part two, the return of the sun of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> wow. Wake up. This is going to be a long show. Yeah. <laughs> so dear listener, it is approaching midnight as we record this. Yeah, it's... It's an hour, an hour away from Thursday, and it's just about to start getting really busy for me this week. So yeah, same here. Work and home. With I'm I'm broadcasting from uh, a very comfy chair. I have to say, extremely comfortable chair. But the uh, uh, the house is just like work started on Monday. We finally settled with the insurance company. So so you know we had a house fire the day after Christmas. And what is it? It's March. 8th. It's it's March. 6th we're recording yeah. this on march 6th so it's, it's like like two full months of messing around with you know how much the settlement should be with the insurance company and so finally it happened on friday like yeah here's a number that everyone can live with and so the contractor was like okay we'll be there monday and <laughs> uh like it's it's i can't even I'll, i've got pictures i've started posting pictures but like today they took everything out of our uh, sunroom and they said, all right, here's what we'll do. We're going to take everything out of the sunroom. We're going to refurnish the floors in there. Then we'll put everything back in and we'll move everything out of the entire first floor and we'll jam it in there up to the ceiling. And, you know, so there, you know, and you get Cooper and two yeah. dogs and we're all basically living in the dining room. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. When we, um, when we had our floors redone last spring, I mean, it, it was the same. Yeah. Just, you know, because our we have a very a very open floor plan. So, the kitchen, dining room, living room, it's it's all open, mm. and we had it all torn up at once. So, yeah, we were all just kind of living out of my office. Yeah, just huddled. Yeah, looking at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had like the couch in here and a, a, another bed in here, and it just just everything just piled into the office, and we would just kind of climb on top of the stack of furniture and sit around and watch movies on the on the iMac. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So we did, uh, Erica's mom did come to the rescue and she said she's basically swooped in and took Cooper tonight because it does, it really, it, it reeks in here. You know, there's like all sorts of things going on because they're refinishing yeah. the floors and then, you know, there's a fire and what, I don't know if you've ever, I mean, I know you've set your room on fire before, but, <laughs> but the, the, when the insurance company's involved, they insist that you, seal any wood with this milky goo that they spray on it yeah and it stinks so they scent it with this other smells so that's it's kind of like hard to describe but I, it's sort of in that sort of strawberry urinal cake flavor oh yeah yeah it's S like instead of just using an odor eliminator they just try and cover it up with a different odor so you get both you just end up with both smells yeah and they're both, and it's like the first one, the bad one is strong. So they, they, you know, 
you know how it is. So, yeah. you know, at least, but I'm extremely, I cannot tell you, I'm extremely happy that all of a sudden progress is being made and the place is going to be like, you know, n- you know, new floors and new office that, you know, they're going to do the ceiling tomorrow in my office. So very excited. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, to seeing it. Um, actually I may, uh, I don't want to commit to anything definite yet, but I may be making a trip up there uh, sometime in May mm. to um, to Providence. Cool. So. Yeah, obviously keep me posted. You can come and see the. Uh, I, if we're not done by then, I'll be dead. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I, can sh- either, I can either come see the new floors or come to the funeral. Right. Either way, it'll be so convenient. <laughs> exactly. Um. Wow. So. Yeah, we should probably jump into it before I pass out. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got, um, so we'll start with housekeeping and a couple, couple things there. First is, uh, we started to, like, I got a, uh, a dump of transcripts, uh, nine or 10 of the episodes have been transcribed by our trusty transcriber and they, I'm kind of struggling with what to do with them. Um, uh-huh. I had her do them in Markdown. So the first one we, we got was like in Word, basically. And so I said, oh, you know, in the future, could you do them in this sort of Markdown syntax? And <clears throat> and they are. So I could just paste them into the, the sort of the bottom of the episodes that they apply to, which I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. From like an SEO standpoint and everything. And, and they're, but they're super long. And, uh, you know, I guess, which is to be expected, but, and I guess I shouldn't worry about it, but they're super duper long. And the other thing is they're, um, they are like almost, they're too verbatim Mm -hmm. almost. So, and they're like corrections that need to be made, but they're so long. There's no way, like, I can't imagine that we would ever be able to reasonably correct them. So I'm trying to, I wonder if there's a clever way that we could like have the dear listener, submit corrections to the transcriber who can then fix them. Or if we did like somehow, if we turned them into Google docs and then embedded the doc in the page or I don't know if there's any clever ideas out there, but you could put them in a wiki. Yeah. I wish it was, I I don't want it to be just this static thing that we paste in there and forget about. And it essentially turns into just something for SEO. You know what I mean? Cause I wish it was a little bit more readable. So I don't know. So any any advice that uh, anybody has about that? We'll uh, make an API. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the data's clean. Yeah. So you can't. Uh, we can't argue about that. So that's cool. So one way or the other, I'll probably just start off by posting them statically, just to have it up there, and uh, so that people can at least look at it and be like, "Oh yeah," or either be like, "Nah, you know, you're making a mountain out of molehill. They're fine." Uh, okay, so that was one piece of housekeeping. The other piece of housekeeping is that episode 50 is rapidly approaching. Uh, this is 47, so we've basically got three weeks to come up with a plan um, of of what to do. And I've had a couple of, just a few people have sort of chimed in and said they really like the idea of a live episode. So probably do that. And I'm thinking probably do like a Google Hangout because it seems like pretty awesome. I don't know if there's a limit on the number of people that can... Uh, be in a hangout. I've never done one. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. 
And uh, so I've, I'm feeling like that would be the way to go or something like that. Um, yeah, there, I've, I've messed around with Justin TV and uh, I mean, that's more of a video thing, but so maybe a little more research to that. But the big thing is, regardless of the technology, we have to pick a, a time to do it. And I have, you know, I've been like, I, you know, you don't have access to the site and I, and I have done zero analytics, almost next to no analytics uh, on how much traffic we get or when we get it or, you know, when people listen to the show, I have, we have no clue. So, yeah. yeah. So if, if it could be that it would be good to do it at 6 PM Eastern, it could be that it, it could be that there's no good time. It could be that it's noon on a Friday. I have no idea. So if anybody has an opinion about that, you might as well speak up because whatever you say is probably what we'll do. <laughs> so what do you say we talk about building apps that run everywhere? Okay, we can do that. Cool. So bug report. Um, you had, uh, I, I'm intrigued by your summary of the bug report. You said uh, you had a bug that had to do with LaunchAir.js, which is a, a, a client-side persistence Mm-hmm. abstraction library uh, and local storage in particular, which is one of the adapters that it uses. Yeah. And I'm not so much sure if it's a, it's just a bug as it is maybe just a limitation of, uh, of the browser and the, the, the JavaScript engine in general, mm-hmm. but um, we're kind of using it in sort of a, sort of an unusual context in that we don't actually have any client side persistence other than, like an authentication token. Okay. So essentially you're like, we we can do cookies, but better. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically what we were doing was we were pulling in about 1500 records and they're, I mean, these are small records, like one K often less than one K mm-hmm. each. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about a, a huge amount of, of data in terms of size. But uh, there there was a, a large number of them. So we were pulling them in, and then I was just putting them into local storage just to just to have them have them there to access them and and because launcher gave us a good query interface for for working with that data. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever we were whenever I would load up all of the records uh, when launching the app, um the browser the browser would hang and it would just take forever to load them. Mm. And so, but then once I, once I stopped, um, stopped using local storage and just told launcher, I was like, well, okay, just keep it in memory. Like it was, it was almost instantaneous. Hmm. So apparently, you know, writing, writing to local storage was really consuming a lot of resources. Okay. I do know that. So Christian Heilman, who's a, he's a Firefox guy, right? Opera, Firefox. I'm drawing, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Name sounds familiar, but I'm not sure where I've heard it. Yeah. Well, I'll have to look that up. I, sorry. Sorry, Christian. But uh, he posted uh, something a little while back about the sort of, you know, local storage must die, don't use local storage <laughs> type of thing. And I was like, dude, you are high. Local storage is the best thing ever. And he raised an issue, which is a valid point, but it was one that I've never encountered. And it sounds like maybe you're encountering it, which is that uh, it's not asynchronous and that which contributes to its simplicity, you know, it's, but it's blocking. So, 
you can have <clears throat> situations where more than one process is trying to access local storage and just completely locks up your browser. Yeah. I Yeah, that um that may have been may have been an issue that I was my issue that I was running into there and actually one of one of the solutions I considered for solving it was to sort of break things up into um uh three or four different areas and then use um web workers. Mm-hmm. To do it that way, right. but uh, but yeah, I I didn't get far enough into it to to test that implementation because I just thought, well, what the heck, I'll just change it and change it to keeping everything in memory and see if it makes it. Since I don't need a persistent, see if it makes a difference, and it did. So I I, you know, I just left it at that. Interesting. So the the pattern, I would love to take a look at that, by the way, uh, and see sure. if I can reproduce it. The the the. Th- I don't know if this is the pattern that you're using, but the pattern that I typically use uh, with local storage is that uh, during the operation of the app, so like in, in normal operation, so a vis- person visits the page, they're darking around. After they initially visit the page, I keep everything in memory as well. And I only, um, so basically somebody comes to the page and I say, hey, uh, is there any application state or any other data stored in local storage? Mm -hmm. And if there is, then I retrieve it and stick it in memory. And from there on out, I just manipulate it and, you know, access it in memory. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's definitely the way to go. Yeah. Um, the, the slowness for me was getting it into local storage to begin with. That is really weird. Were you, were you in a loop or something or did you Uh, just like, yeah, I was, I was iterating through a JSON file of about 1,500 objects that were sometimes nested three or four levels deep. Mm-hmm. And you were writing in the loop, or were you... Com- well, like, why were you... Why didn't you just stringify it and save it to local storage? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head why I did it, but I had a good reason for it. Yeah, no, I'm sure you it's did. Been a, it's been a couple... It's been a few weeks since I set it up initially to begin with, so I don't, I don't remember... Hmm. What, um, it, what it was. It, one thing, I, I need to have very granular control over it, and so it was easier just to have the individual records in local storage. Is this the one we were talking about where you were considering SQL DB? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I would, I'm dying to take a look at this. So it would be, it would be, I would love to, because I'm sure, uh, I'm sure the pattern that I normally use doesn't apply to the case that you're in. So it, I'd be, I'd be really, it'd be interesting to see a use case that where my typical, that literally the pattern I use all the time doesn't yeah. apply. And, you know, cause when I'm doing a training class on this, it's like, I like to, you know, point out potential landmines as much as possible. Yeah, or you may you may know a better way of implementing it than what I'm doing. You know, what I'm doing may not be, you know, it, it may not be the ideal way to do it either. But no, I I can uh, I can share with the client. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Yeah, it'd be really. I mean, it's all gonna it's all gonna be public anyway. Right. In the end, anyway, it's JavaScript. So right. You know. Tell me, you got someone to f- debug it for free? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm super curious to look at that. Yeah, I, I've mentioned mentioned you to him a couple of times, so he would not would not be surprised. <laughs> cool. All right, cool. So I've got a um, I've got a bug report that is maybe a little bit more of a funny story than anything useful, <laughs> but as 
longtime listener will know, I've been uh, working on this Objective C, like an iPad, a native, pure native iPad application that originally was going to be a PhoneGap app, but it turned out that the uh, video interactions that we needed to do were too sophisticated to do with PhoneGap. Couldn't get the frame rates we wanted, couldn't get the interface we wanted. So uh, I decided, I said, you know, I'll just bite the bullet and, and do the thing native, which, uh, you know, is, is cool, but it's also frustrating because I'm not really, it's not my favorite thing to learn. Not a big, not a big fan of Coco, not a big fan of objective C. So, uh, so the other night (laughs) I was like, all right, this, you know, this is camera, a lot of camera interaction with this application. You're recording videos and I, I had to change a list so the, imagine there's like this list view of videos and you you tap on one and you want to listen to it and mm-hmm. so the list view you know it's got all these videos and I'm like sort of a newbie iOS programmer and I'm like okay I've got all these videos do I have to make thumbnails you know what I mean like do I have to yeah like outside of the app it seems like it seems like the kind of thing that iOS would be able to do to like right. take a video and just make a thumbnail out of it somehow. Yeah, grab a keyframe. Yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. And sure enough, you know, I Google around, and of course, Stack Overflow has like you know a couple of different ways to do it. And uh, so I, I dork around with it, and I you know I find a way that seems kind of elegant, and bam, it works. And it's like it's great. You can say, you know, whatever. You can give it a, a timestamp and say I want to, you know. But I just, just said like zero just give me the very first frame of the thing yeah so the images start showing up so i'm like sweet now i'm gonna like i'm done with my task for the day i'm gonna send it to the client and i while i was recording the video of it because that's usually i'll I'll record a video because it's like the middle of the night record a video of Mm -hmm. the changes send the video along with the new application so he can play with it in the morning and uh as i'm doing the video i tap on one of the links to navigate to the detail view of the video and the app crashes I was like, oh, God. So I, I'm like, all right, what did I do? And the error message, like, like the error message was utterly useless. So I'm like, all right, great. Um, so I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm ready to send it. It's, I'm done. I'm going to go to bed. I'm exhausted. And, I, and all of a sudden I have this bug. And the app is, it's not just a little bug. The app is just completely crashing. So I am, obviously, I am like ready. I'm like, it wasn't like, am I going to smash my keyboard? It's like, what should I when? smash my yeah. keyboard on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I seriously, I was like having visions. So, <laughs> so I'm like looking at this error. So the error is the only English part of the, the only readable piece of the <laughs> error is that I've got an invalid array offset. I'm trying to access an element of an array that doesn't exist. And I'm like, how is my array getting i added thumbnails and somehow it's like am i am i is adding the thumbnails like removing elements from the array like i'm popping elements off the yeah, array or something or am i accidentally overwriting something or right yeah like what did i do so i'm like i flip back to an older version of the code and that's crashing too and i'm like i swear this used to work so finally mm-hmm. I, i'm stepping through the code for hours right and finally i, I realized that the the array that it's talking about is not the data array. It's the, it's the uh, 
capture it's called the capture device array and i'm like capture device what the hell is that oh the camp oh the camera i was <laughs> i was debugging it in the simulator which has no camera oh my god so the last time i was debugging it i was plugged into my actual ipad which has a camera so oh. since the simulator has no cameras the array of capture devices was empty You'd think the simulator would simulate a camera. You would think. It could use your webcam or something. But you want to know what's worse? Is that, hmm. is that I, I knew about this bug, and it ha it's not really a bug, but I knew about it because it had happened to me a couple weeks ago. Oh, I hate those. Oh, my God. I was like, I was so happy that I figured it out that I was, <laughs> I was it was a net happiness. But, yeah. <laughs> but oh my god, I'll never forget that one again. I'm really surprised the simulator doesn't simulate a camera. Especially considering the computer has a camera. Yeah. I Thanks simulator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so shall we I don't think there's a good segue from uh from iOS simulator camera bugs to uh other Sim stuff simplifying css <laughs> probably not so let's just uh maybe i could star wipe you know <laughs> star wipe to css simple do we have some kind of some kind of sound effect like i could make a sound effect but it wouldn't be yeah. the kind of thing you do on polite company <laughs> <laughs> um Wow, this is really hard to start out this conversation without having some kind of lead into it. Yeah, so let me I'll I'll give you a lead in. I'll I'll okay. I'll give you the teaser. So so Kelly sends me an email the other day, dear listener, with a link to a um basically a, a small GitHub project that's you know, it's called CSS Simple. And I'm like, hmm, what's this? And uh and my initial take on it, and then you can sort of correct me where I'm wrong, was mm -hmm. that it was kind of like, um, a, it was almost like a, a, a CSS reset, but instead of it being a reset, it was kind of like, uh, like a, um, a baseline res mobile first responsive design for, for like typography and colors and s s like individual element treatments but no layout junk, no, yeah. no grids, none of that junk. Yeah. Is that like a fairly accurate representation? Yeah. Yeah. No layout, no JavaScript, just yeah, CSS. Yeah. Right. And is that, was it, was the inspiration to, to, to do that in the first place? Um, the inspiration to do that was, there are a lot of individual sort of components and widgets in Bootstrap that I like, mm -hmm. but I I agree with what you said a few weeks ago. The more I use it, the more frustrating it becomes because um, CSS grids feel like like the new tables for layout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just it really does, and in a lot of cases, it's not mobile first. And it's n not needed in a lot of cases. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting getting more and more to the point where I'm, I'm not using jQuery all the time on every project. And I don't, I don't want jQuery on every project. Mm -hmm. So 
so I just um, built this little this little CSS library that has um, some default typography and uh, various different um, page elements, but you know, no no layout. Yeah. So well, there was no like, layout in JavaScript. So you looked like I, I scanned through it pretty quick. You did a, you know a whole bunch of different. Uh, you handled a bunch of inputs. You had uh, different kinds of error messages. You had different kinds of like, you know, required field errors that were right in line. There's a bunch of really good stuff, but it was all um, what's uh, atomic. Yeah. It wasn't like there was no layout. There was it was all just very atomic little little bits that you could you know sort of like the the smaller Legos, no big Legos. <laughs> Yeah, just the just the one by two blocks. Right. So I and and man, I got to tell you, it's I love that because it it is. You know, I'm kind of a purist when it comes to projects, and when I'm starting one from scratch, I pretty much I every time I use boiler like HTML5 boilerplate or modernizer, I, I just. I just gave up on that stuff because I end up it, it like it like gets you really far in the first week and then you end up stripping it all out. And yeah, the yeah. the process of stripping it out is really really frustrating and it's difficult. Um so if, if you take this additive approach it's just so it takes you a little bit longer to get something uh to a point where you can like show it to someone or it feels like it's starting to come together but it's not that long. You know, and it's like, yeah, and you end up only with, with what you need. Only with what you need. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's but but it does have that extra frustrating piece, which you just feel like, oh my god, I've written this debug routine like a hundred times, or <laughs> you know, I'm always writing this same exact button treatment in the CSS. Yeah. But I've never taken the time to actually abstract those things into a little library, and uh, and. Sure enough, you did the CSS part. <laughs> I'll yeah, pro I'll I did it. Probably do the JavaScript part. There you go. We'll, we'll team up. Yeah. So I started on it. Started on it last night, and then did some more work on it during the day today because I had kind of a slow day. And um, yeah, right now, right now it's WebKit only because of some of the form stylings. It all they they almost work in. Uh, in Firefox, to be honest, I haven't tested anything in IE. Mm -hmm. But uh, the form stylings almost work in Firefox, but not quite. There's a couple little little things I still need to work on there. And mm -hmm. um, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure that I care. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, part part of what I wanted this built this specifically for was for uh, quickly prototyping um, mobile mobile apps, um, like phone gap type stuff. Yeah. So, so, you know, you've got, you know, I, right. I'm not too concerned if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't run outside of WebKit. but I'd like to have it, you know, I'd like to have it at least compatible with Firefox and like maybe IE nine plus just, you know, just so that, so that it is usable and everything else. It's, but, um, yeah, it's, mm. it's not, not quite there yet, but it's pretty close. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's like, it's like if I just when I just looked at it, I'm like the size is it's about the size that I would expect. You know, you look at it like a lot of times you look at these things and you're like, oh, you need a PhD to read this thing. You know, <laughs> it's just too complicated. 
and it's it's okay like i understand that software even if it's like markup or css i understand that complexity is is something that has to exist but i don't want to take something that's too complex to understand and just jam it into a project um, right at a layer that i have to mess with so like i don't mind that that the complexity of http is is hidden from me because I don't, I right, never have. You don't to, have to do anything with it. Yeah, I don't have to play at that level. I'm, I'm like not, I'm not in that area. It doesn't matter. Like TCP/IP doesn't. It, I don't care. Like the DNS system, I don't care how it works. Yeah. Because I don't play at that level, but I do have to play at the CSS level. So if there's stuff going on there, that is going to take me even four hours to figure out, then I could have spent that four hours creating something from scratch additively that, you know, I know inside out. Right. You know, what do you gain? Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's something you're going to end up reusing on every project, mm. which, you know, I guess, I guess a lot of people, a lot of people do, you know, but I just I don't like to, I'm, I'm a minimalist. I like to only have what I need. Right. And not have a bunch of, a bunch of extra boilerplate sitting around there and taking up space that's that's not needed. It's speed. It all it all translates down yeah. to speed. If you know the faster stuff is the the number one feature of a site or an app is speed. And if you because if you have crazy fast speed, it your users will forgive a lot of ills because they can explore your interface more because there's no um, penalty for for exploring it doesn't take forever for every single yeah. screen to load you, they can yeah. poke around it's just fast 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 and you know every bite matters especially on mobile especially you know on a 3g or an edge connection for crying out loud yeah you know i think this is this is i just checked this is 20k the the css simple yeah that's too big <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't, I'm surprised. Also, I'm surprised it's 20k from looking at it. Um, it has a couple of embedded. It has a couple of graphics that are embedded oh. in the CSS's data URLs. Yeah, they're tiny graphics, but that's probably what's bumping the size up. Yeah, yeah. But I did that just for um, portability mostly. Right. No, that's totally totally makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense because that. I mean, you'd ha- you'd end up with that size in the, if you had the images elsewhere anyway. So right. Couple of couple of images for some form elements. Yeah. Well, cool. I th- you know we'll link to it in the show notes. People should check it out. And even if uh, even if you don't use it as is, you can always fork it, and you can always uh, just pick out the pieces that uh, you find useful. Yeah, it's a it's a very modular sort of design. You know, everything's a lot of things are separate separated out in, in their own. Um, um, uh, SAS files and um, you know everything uh, very well organized. I think so. Mm, cool. So so now that we're done with the focus topic, let's let's get into a, a futuristic exploration of the coming zombie apocalypse part two. Yes. So when the iPhone came out in like it was announced in like early two thousand and seven, I think it was. And I don't remember when it actually was released, but I think it was in 2007. I think it was too. I think it was later that year. Yeah. 
and and it was obviously a runaway hit and it completely destroyed Nokia and BlackBerry and you know and then Android quickly like barely ramped up fast enough to be be viable but then has now like totally outpaced in terms of units uh you know installations iOS but the the there's been this notion of the zombie apocalypse of electronics uh which right now we think of as as modern smartphones, particularly Android, but also you've got all these um, all these sort of wannabes. You got all this a whole bunch of Blackberries that are still you still have to worry about. You've got uh, Windows Phone, a couple of versions mm-hmm. of that in the wild, all different sizes, all different screen densities, all different capabilities. Uh, you know, different number of cameras, battery life, all, you know, all these things are different. And yeah. And get, get, um, get outside of the U S and in some places it gets, you know, you still have a lot of, a lot of feature phones. And- oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just, I think I, I heard that we just crossed 50% uh, smartphone adoption in the U S. So of people who yeah. have a phone, a cell phone, uh, we just, where it's like 51% have a smartphone now and the U S I, think i think is leading the percentages on that one so there's countries where it's like it's like way way bad there's huge huge growth potential still for smartphones uh and as you know since these devices have uh, really good browsers these days uh, this is an issue for web designers and developers of course because it's like well people are on my website now and they've got this teeny little screen compared to a desktop and uh it it's got touch events which is different and uh because it has touch events people are interacting with it with their fingers which means they're you know it's it's a a, a much different mode of interaction from uh using a, a abstracted mouse pointer type device you're not you're not hovering over a menu yeah, there's all sorts of things, you know, like if you're, if your navigation or if your controls are at the top of the screen, your hand is blocking the content and there's just all these differences. You've got things like orientation events, you got things like uh, panning and pinching and, you know, other gestures and you've got GPS and there's just so many different things to worry about. Weird lighting conditions. Oh man, yeah. I, it just goes on, you know, just weird context, you know, like someone's like, in line at your store while they're on your website. So what's that mean? Yeah, we could we could sit here and list contexts for contexts for contexts for hours. Contai. Contai, yeah. Contaxin. <laughs> <laughs> so the point the point is though everybody's head exploded. So like if you built if you build websites or you work on websites or you run websites, your head was like like oh you thought you had it bad. In I, you know, the browser wars on the desktop. That was a joke compared to this. <laughs> yeah, that was like, please, that was a country club. So can we can we just go back to just having to make things work in IE and then leave it alone? <laughs> right, right. Try messing around with like the Android browser on two point one. So anyway, yeah, or making something work on your Kindle. Sure. Yes. Exactly. E-ink. Yeah, the the Kindle Reader, right? Yeah. So we've got this like, so we know that and these devices are out and they're, you know, things, techniques have started to crop up, you know, responsive web design probably being the most prominent 
to deal with these in a way that makes sense. And the, the overall concept is like, okay, um, we have been developing device-specific sites all along without realizing it. Mm-hmm. We've been building desktop sites. And now it's like, oh, iPhone. Now we need an iPhone site. So let's do that. And then it was kind of like, oh, geez, now I'm maintaining two sites. Now I'm updating content in two places. This stinks. Let's let's make one site that looks good on both of them. And then enter responsive web design. And it caught on like wildfire because people were already feeling that pain of maintaining two different sites. And, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't scale. And certainly if they, they thought they could manage it when the iPad came out and became popular, then it was like, for sure. Okay. I I cannot keep up with this. And then seven inch tablets and the iPad mini and, you know, so we felt like, like, wow, this is really hard. This is way worse than the browser wars when we just had to deal with desktop screens that all had the same resolution, more or less. It's going to get worse. Yeah. So, so all along, you know, you made t- just tons of people, but apparently not enough people, but lots of people <laughs> that all talking about how, no, don't build a mobile site. Responsive web design is not about building a mobile site. Responsive web design is about building an accessible site, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, it goes back to the things we're always talking about, like have smart content that's just clean, has metadata. It's not device specific. It's not layout specific and have APIs and st- when you're designing an experience, start small. So just yeah, like don't have like like resolution dependent breakpoints or silly. Yes. You know, like the I love the Stephen Hay quote where he's like, you know, don't don't have like iPad iPad breakpoints. He's like st- yeah. you know, make your window narrow and make it bigger until it looks like crap. Put in a breakpoint. At a breakpoint, yeah. <laughs> Make your window bigger till it looks like crap because you're dealing with like line length. It's basically it's a simple yeah. issue of line length. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right. So you either need to add columns or make your text bigger. Right. So th- so all of this is like, but still, you know, people are still sort of digesting the Kool Aid. Like people have drunk the Kool Aid, but they're still digesting it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah, I'm deal. I as as you know, I've been dealing with large organizations that that have approached me by saying, "We want a responsive website. That's what we want." And I go, "Okay, here's how you do it." And they're like, "Ooh, we don't want to do That's it like that." We yeah, we yeah. don't want to do it like that. We just want the end product, and it's kind of like yeah, I wouldn't we say. When we say we want a responsive website, we mean we want it to look good on an iPhone, an iPad, and a desktop. <laughs> and we yeah. don't care about anything else. <laughs> yeah, and the process of design approvals will be exactly the same as it ever was. Yeah, it's like like just design for these three breakpoints, and, and that will be our responsive web design, and we'll sign off on the layouts. Yeah. Yeah, sign off on, like, signing off on a printed piece of paper layout. They, I still need that. Like... And it's fine. I understand. It's a psychology thing, but that, but that's okay. So, so, but the point being, it's been, it's been like 2007. So what is it now? 2003, it's 2013. Good God. Six years coming up on six years. Yeah. And, and only now are people starting to, to like kind of embrace the concept and they're still doing it wrong. 
but at least they're like it's on they at least they realize it's unsustainable because there's three major device buckets right now you've got the desktop slash laptop you've got tablets and you've got phones and there's of course this gray area like where does a phone stop and a tablet start but that's that's fine so whatever yeah yeah but guess what that's gonna change that's gonna change this year Yes, and I feel like I feel like we're going to get to a point very quickly here, if like within the next few months, if we haven't already, where what's going to hold us back the most is um, not hardware limitations, but attitudes and how we build things. Totally agree. The technology, the the, the technology is advancing way faster than the the mind the the sort of mindset is changing. Yeah. So so this year there are two products that are going to just blow everybody's minds. At least four. I can think of four that are going to completely mess with every web mm-hmm. de- developer and web designer out there. And uh the first one is Google Glass. That is going to first of all first of all I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think it's going to be wildly popular. I think so too. Yeah, so it it is going to allow us to be connected in that I, I would I would estimate that about half of your day is is taken up with um, activities that prevent you from being connected to the internet, and that to me that and and if you if you like me believe that people uh, want to be connected more than less then that means that there's a ton of time every day when you're disconnected and you don't like it. So something that fills that gap, I think is going to be very popular. I think it'll be Google glass. It might not be Google glass, but it'll be something. Yeah. I can tell you right now that the instant Google glass, the instant Google glass is available for pre-order. I'm, I'm getting at least one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I, the first person I see with it on the street, I'm going to stop them and make them let me try them on. Yeah. I'm going to be like, I'm not going to stop following you until you let me put those on. <laughs> so I, 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 and I just think I, you know, there's a lot of people saying like this, this, you know, like, well, what's it going to be like talking to someone who's, who might be videotaping you, blah, blah, you know, all that stuff is real. And that'll be something that we just work through. But it's kind of like saying, you know, like John Gruber said, I hope restaurants ban them. Like, God, you like, really? That's just so silly. It's just such yeah. a, it just struck me as so, so like if you feel like that like you should also probably want everyone to ban smartphones and yeah, cell phones like in general. Yeah. So I don't know whatever. <clears throat> I think you know like but Cooper or like little kids aren't gonna think like that. No. They're, they're gonna be like they're just not even gonna know the difference. They're gonna be like oh more no. connected cool I can watch I can watch Curious George while I'm eating lunch and talking to you and riding my tricycle. <laughs> Sweet. So yeah, I'm I have um I have some very very interesting ideas for for use cases for Google Glass that I think could be could be significantly you know like they could they could make like they could have a major impact. So well you should do there's they are asking for essays so like you oh, can, yeah, 
you can. Uh, I, should, I should totally write one. Yeah, you should. So there, they. Um, I don't. I'm sure you can Google for it. I, I didn't <laughs> see the actual link, but I heard on Twitter that they were soliciting. You know, the developer program is limited, and they were mm -hmm. like basically, if you write like what you would do with them and why why you want early access, if you have a good reason, then you're more likely to get them. Yeah. So. Uh, I think, I don't know where, I would think I heard about it on Twitter, but I've seen articles about it on like TechCrunch or uh, The Verge. Was it recently? Yeah. Oh, maybe two mm. weeks ago. Probably. I'd look into it. Yeah. Check it out. So, but it's yeah, not. I'm, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, it's not just Google Glass though. There's like, um, I I have suspected that Apple is going to do something with Siri that is... Uh, I, w I was wondering if ear pods would turn into like a connected device. So like they made this big stink about these new headphones that came out with the iPhone five. And <laughs> then they talked for like 20 minutes about the headphones. Yeah. At the iPhone announcement, the, the yeah. iPhone five launch that we've been waiting two freaking years for. And, uh, you know, and, and maybe because the iPhone five was kind of underwhelming, maybe they wanted to talk about the headphones so much or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't but, know. But then they were like, and we when we call them dramatic pause, ear pods. Dun dun dun. <laughs> dun, like, dun dun dun. Like they didn't have a name before, did they? They were just like earbuds, like, right? They're just earbuds. Yeah. yeah they're just the, the headphones. And I was like, and then like a light bulb went on. And I was like, oh, they're gonna productize the the headphones as a because it would make sense. The name would make sense if if you stored music on them. Yeah, I was like, this is gonna be the new iPod Nano. Yeah, it'll just be this thing in your ear, and there'll be the no wire, or there'll maybe a wire to your other ear, and like that's yeah. it. So I was like, yeah, but then if you add Siri and Wi-Fi, or Siri and three G, or four G, that would be super crazy. Like you could do some wacky stuff with that. And so I, I was thinking about, I'm like thinking about that, and like it, it doesn't seem very the 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 problem with that is it doesn't seem very Apple-y to me because it seems a little too geeky for Apple. Mm-hmm. But the rumor mill is really circulating around this that that Apple is going to release an iWatch this year, and that I think it, and I believe that that probably will happen for a couple of reasons. Um, mm -hmm. One is that they need to get into the wearables market because wearables are going to be that's that's going to be the revolution. That's going to that's going to be the stuff the, that makes gonna... smartphones look stupid. Yeah, they're going to need to compete with glass. Right. And and other th and I think there are other things too like like Fitbit and the up band mm -hmm. and oh, like, right, right, yeah. Those companies are not going to sit still. They're going to keep on innovating on top of these wearable devices and you know Apple needs to be there cuz wearables is wearables is here already with uh, lifestyle stuff and health and fitness and it's just going to get more sophisticated. Yeah. And a, a watch feels very Apple-y. Yes, because I mean it can be a very, a very elegantly designed. Yeah, it can be precious. Yeah. Right. Yeah, something you jam in your ear is never going to be cool enough for them. So it's like, <laughs> so so the so the watch, like think about it. So if you've got like, so now, for all those customers that I said, hey, you know, I know you don't think you're 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 and you're probably right that you're. Um, your site visitors are not going to be browsing your website on a Kindle One e-reader. 
That's you're probably you're right. Be browsing another watch. But guess what? Right, if the site works on a Kindle One, which is an extremely resource constrained browsing device, and a new device comes along that is much sexier, like an Apple iWatch, but is extremely resource constrained. Guess what? You won't have to make a W dot site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we need a watch site. <laughs> We need a tablet site. We need a mobile site. We need a desktop site. We need a, you know, Google Glass site. When does it end, I ask you? <laughs> yeah. And it that, ends when you get to the point and you say, ah, screw it. I'm just going to write an API. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> screw this. So it. So I think, I think that even the most callous marketing professional who only cared about iOS basically had their will broken when Apple released the mini (laughs) and they're like, Oh man, like I I fought the fight, right? I fought the fight for the iPad site after I fought the fight for the iPhone site. And now I've got to fight the fight for the mini site. I'm not going to win. Yeah. And when the watch (laughs) comes out, forget about it. Now you've got, I I quit. (laughs) Yeah. You've got four magical devices that are radically different size, radically different form factor, and probably the watch. I'll, I'll, I wonder if it'll be touchscreen. It probably will, just for the sexiness factor. But I'll bet you the interaction is going to be. Um, I, and hopefully, it won't be just a glorified notification center. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it's not. Hoping it's more than that. Yeah, that would just be absurd because they're going to have to charge like they're going to have to charge like 150 bucks for it, so that you can't just have like. Oh, look, stock prices. Yeah, or like, oh, look, it's pushing you things that just, just showed up on your phone in your pocket. Right. So, we'll, we'll, yeah. obviously, we'll see what it is. But um, content is obviously going to be on it. There's going to be content on it. And, yeah. you know, is it going to be e-ink? Is it going to be touchscreen? Who knows? But... If, but I promise you, any of those customers that listen to me and have their site working on a Kindle One are not going to be caught short <laughs> when the iWatch comes work out. On, work on the iWatch day one. Exactly. You get it for free. So what are, what are the other two devices? So yeah, so it, uh, these are input devices, and I think this is actually kind of a big deal. So mm-hmm. uh, um, again, I will put myself out on a limb and say that 2014 is going to be the year when uh, touchless gesture interfaces uh, reach the tipping point. So more than 10% of people um, are like want them, have them. Uh, there are two, two products that are that you can pre-order now and I've pre-ordered both and are supposed to be released this year. One is called the Leap Motion Controller. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's kind of Connect like Microsoft Xbox Connect like, but it's a little, it's just a little USB. It's a little unit about the size of I don't know, like a Matchbox car. Yeah. And you just plug it in like it's a trackpad, and it it has like, if the videos are accurate, it has ungodly accurate uh, <laughs> understanding of your hand in three D space, and. It's just amazing, and it's 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 going to spawn a whole new. If it works as advertised, it's going to spawn a whole new class of applications that deal with three D 
space interactions. See, I have I have mixed feelings about um, gesture, like touchless gesture control outside of like a gaming context. Because mm-hmm. I I feel it's it's tiring. I feel like. Yeah, I don't see it as you a have primary. To wave input your hand method. around in front of yeah. Right. No, it's for the kitchen computer. Yes, it's not not for something you're going to want to sit and work at for for long periods of time. Like you're not going to want to sit there and mold 3D models in the air with your hands. Yes. Although it would be kind of cool to be able to. <laughs> right. I totally agree. I totally agree with that. I think it, it's definitely it's definitely so it kind of reminds me of of like uh, like the new Windows 8 convertible machines or like the Chromebook Pixel where mm-hmm. it's it's a laptop basically or it's a desktop basically but oh by the way it's also touchscreen yeah. so so this new leap motion thing right now it's a peripheral but you you better believe they're going to license it and it's going to be built into stuff so that we can just seamlessly transition between touch gestures mouse keyboard touchless depending on whether or not we have jelly on our fingers, you know, it's like, yeah, it, it's like, like I don't want to touch this right now. Right. I'm eating cheese curl, cheese puffs. <laughs> right. We're just going to, there's tons of, there are tons of, you know, like, like, uh, 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 operating rooms. There, there are plenty of situations yeah. I can imagine. Special cases, not normal sit down coding every day. Yeah. Right. 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 But like, I will absolutely, this thing is going on the computer in our kitchen and it's going to be perfect. So, you know, because like, and especially like Cooper, like Cooper's iPad is disgusting. It's so <laughs> gross. Like Kira, Kira's iPod Touch, she gave it to me the day. I was like, give me your iPad, or your iPod Touch. I haven't installed any updates on it in a while. And yeah. give it to me and I'll go ahead and plug it in and update the applications. It's just, it was just, I mean, she's 10 years old, almost 11, and she's really responsible with her stuff. But it's mm. just like, there was just this film Oh, it's gross. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what? It's, it's, it's gross. I mean, it's, I mean, touch, touch screens have some drawbacks. Yeah. I mean, if, if I had to, if I had to describe children in one word, I think that word would be sticky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's for sure. So, um, yeah. So that, so that, uh, that little device, the leap motion device is, I can't remember how much it was, but I, th- I remember thinking it was reasonably priced. I, I remember looking at it, uh, a long time ago when they were doing, uh, signups for the developer preview. And I was, um, thinking about trying to, to sign up for that, but then I just, I never got around to it. And, um, yeah, it seems to me like the price was reasonable. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it was 99. Let me see. You think so? No, six, 69, $69. Mm. It's totally reasonable. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's 60, that. 69 bucks, I'd buy two. Yeah, right. So there's that. I mean, like a, a magic mouse is that much. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's 49. I've got a magic mouse and a, and a magic touchpad. Yeah. Christ, I spent, I spent 48 bucks on two charging cables for my iPhone 5. And my keyboard's 50 bucks, you know. Yeah. So... Anyway, so I, I I guarantee you this thing is going to be a thing, and uh, it but it is like you like you point out, 
um, it is going to be like a, it's not going to, not everyone's going to need it, but it's going to be commonplace and we'll event, we'll start to, um, develop a vocabulary of touchless 3d gestures. So like, you know, clenching your hand into a fist and pulling it back is going to mean zoom or something like there's going to become this language of interacting with like websites in a way that is totally unprecedented. Wonder if you'll be able to define your own gestures. I assume I, my assumption is that you will, or uh, that's, I would think at some point, right. I actually, I thought you were going to say something else. So I, I, my understanding is that as a developer, you can create an application that understands different gestures. Ah. So that's one thing. But the other thing is what, what I thought you were going to say is that you can define uh, your own, you can specify your own actions for a gesture. So I'm yeah. assuming it's going to recognize it, a, a, a default set of like, you know, waves and swipes and grabs and pinches and stuff. Yeah. And then you can go into your settings and say, okay, that means go back in my browser history or that means go forward in my browser history. Or- yeah. I, I would, no, I was just thinking more like, you know, can I just, could you just record like a pick your nose gesture and it would do something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so awesome. I mean, if you could record gestures, I don't know about picking your nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what they say? You can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. You so, can if it's a really good friend, but yeah. we'll not go there. Well, I was gonna, maybe this is like a new social media thing where you can do like remote pick, nose picking. Like pick your friend's nose. <laughs> it's like, like a, we can a build Facebook a social app. network around this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I hope there's not a porn site for that. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. Uh, so, Leap Motion. So, that is a peripheral for your computer. Now, it, but the thing about it is it's not wearable. It's like uh, it'll be on your desktop like a trackpad yes. or a mouse. Now, there's another thing called Myo, M-Y-O, which is an armband that you put around your forearm. And, you, you know, you wear it and it's wireless. And I, I'm assuming it's Bluetooth, but I don't know that for a fact. But it measures the uh, muscle contractions in your arm and you can make your own, you can record your own gestures. So as you do things with your hand, it makes very specific electrical um, responses inside of your arm that the band can Mm. understand. And then you can say, okay, if I do this with my hand, I want, you know, if I do X with my hand, I want Y to happen on the computer that I'm paired with. Yeah. And, you know, and it's wearable. And it's, and again, if the videos are not vaporware, it's really, really accurate and very cool. Does it do measure resistance? Um, it, it's. I think it said it. It is measuring the electrical impulses, not the actual yeah. Um, pressure. Yeah, I think it would have to measure um, electrical resistance. Oh, electrical resistance. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Uh, but I do know that it looks cool. <laughs> and I do know that I will be wearing one all the time. Awesome. So, so if just you can, if you can combine that with your Google glasses. Yeah, seriously, or my iWatch. Yeah. So these and these are uh, about 150 bucks, and you can set them up to do all sorts of different things. I 
it'll be very interesting to see how flexible it is for an average user compared to being a developer and actually running apps that that understand the input. But the point is, yeah. uh, at the end of the day, like, what does this mean for like responsive design? You know, what does this mean for um, handling touch events or hover events? Yeah, this is that is just a a band that can measure muscle contraction in your arm or glasses that can track eye movements or things like that. that's a huge a huge um breakthrough in terms of uh accessibility as well oh yeah yeah as i was researching this i came across a thing called the foot mouse mm -hmm. have you seen this it's uh i'm assuming it's a mouse you control with your foot yes yes it is it's cleverly named i think yes but the uh, you know it's uh, it was uh, I, there was no commercial product, but I saw a couple of different DIY projects that were pretty simple to put together and actually fairly cool looking. Mm -hmm. um, and you know they and, and it's a huge accessibility win. Like yeah. wh like what do you do if you have no hands or no arms? You know, feet. <laughs> I need I need a foot mouse so I don't have to, so I don't have to stop using the keyboard. Yeah, the guy, the 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 last the video one that I watched, the guy was not impaired. He was just sick of taking his hands off the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like he's like at the computer, like he's playing a pipe organ. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's pretty sweet. But anyway, I mean, I, we could talk about this. There's a bunch of other ones too. I saw one recently. It's like a uh, a phone with touchscreen on the front and the back. So it's like, mm -hmm. like now when you're writing a native application, you have to like worry about as, as I so eloquently described earlier in the podcast, three hours ago, the, <laughs> that, you know, some devices don't have a camera and some do, and some have yeah. two cameras and what's going to happen when some have two touch screens. So isn't there, isn't there talk, maybe the, maybe it already exists, but isn't there also talk uh, floating around now about a phone that's uh, touchscreen on one side and e-ink display on the other? Oh, I hadn't seen that one. No, I hadn't. I don't know. Probably. I think I think the idea is to be able to use it in the bright sunlight. Yeah, that makes sense. Or also, or like conserve battery when you know you don't yeah, need. Yeah, conserve that. battery and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw. I mean, everything out there. I saw a clear phone the other day. It's like it's like totally transparent. <laughs> you know, you just see the SIM card and the battery, and there's like <laughs> completely clear screen, and uh, and that, I think that one was touchscreen on both sides. And it's like, all right, so now, what does your what does your website look like from the back? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, what's the back side of my website? I haven't looked at the back of my website. <laughs> and you get, like, where all the divs overlap and things. And it's just, like, really, I meant to just be really messy back there. <laughs> Do these jeans, does this phone make my website's ass look fat? Yeah. It's like, oh, there's, oh, look, there's some icons back here that I didn't use. It's going to pile in the corner or something. <laughs> So, I mean, like, what... If I could... Yeah, if I could design a website for a double screen, I would I would totally do that. <laughs> the back would just be a huge mess. <laughs> Some pieces of tape and... Look like the underside of a carpet. Yeah. So, like, you think people won't design it? Of course they will. They're going to be designing the back of their web pages to look like something. Yeah. It's not just going to be backwards text. No one wants that. So, I mean, like, like all the stuff, like, so anyway, I just, like I said, I could talk about this for days, but the, the thing is like, you ain't seen nothing yet. So 
you know, if you're thinking about, if you're, if you're holding off on taking the plunge with responsive web design or cleaning up your CMS or building APIs, you better, better get on it. Yeah. Like do it quick or by the end of the year, you're going to be hurting. Yeah. This stuff's getting weird. <laughs> it's totally getting sci-fi. I mean, we are completely in sci-fi land. Yeah, I I want to see, and this is one of my one of my thoughts for Glass is I want to see the um the, the digital guide dog. Yeah, I love this idea. Yep, like watch out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there's like like Google has driverless cars. They have Google Glass. They could totally do this. Mm-hmm. Just you know, a device for visually impaired people that says. Not only does it have GPS included, but you approach a curb, and it's like, oh, there's a curb there. You know, there's a car coming. It's safe to cross now. You know, that, yeah. I, I feel like that could totally be done. Yeah. It's it's all a question of miniaturizing it. The technology mm-hmm. exists. They just need to make it small enough. Like yeah. if, you, if I, I, I kind of feel like Google, Google Glass could be the solution to that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, everybody who's who thinks that it's going to be too socially awkward to wear them or that they're geeky. I don't know what, I don't know what they're thinking. It's like, it's going to be popular. If it works, if it works like it's supposed to, it's going to be big. Yeah. If it, if it, if it makes my life easier, I don't care how it looks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, a, like I told you last week, I walked around with a like a small telescope strapped to my head. Right. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> People don't like the way I look. They don't have to look at me. <laughs> yeah, it's not my problem. Yeah. But so did you, I, I talked last week about the, the homemade Google Glass, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw the picture. Yeah, so I, I had it, I had it on my head the other day and uh, Cooper saw me and mm-hmm. he was like, he just like started smiling like huge. He goes, Dada, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> and I go, and I said, it's a, a hat phone. Like and, it's the future. Yeah. I go, it's a hat phone. And he goes, you're crazy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you are, you're right about that. It's like, give it another eight months, kid. <laughs> yeah. So I'll tell you, though, the hat phone, the, the, mm-hmm. um, it's really a lot harder to come up with something. I thought there would be... Uh, it's just a, some stupid limitations that make it not that useful. Um, it's because it's the phone with mirrors taped to a hat. Yeah, shocking. But like simple <laughs> things like the home, like I've got right now, I've got an iPad touch attached to it and it's in landscape mm-hmm. mode, but the home screen isn't mm-hmm. in, la- the home screen won't go in landscape on an iPod touch. Yeah. So just stupid stuff like that makes it really irritating. But in uh, other things like the way I've got the wires attached to it, it's hard to hit the sleep button and you know, stuff like that. But yeah, but the uh, you can't put you can't put it on without Eric ridiculing you. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, and the mirror is so far away from my eye that I like bang it on stuff, <laughs> and then it bends the wire, and then I look even more silly. <laughs> Did you see the jerk? Steve Martin is like is it a movie? Yeah. No, no, I haven't. Oh my god. So there's a, the, a a major theme of the movie is these uh, the optograb. He invents this like like attachment for a pair of glasses, and I, if I was mm-hmm. I feel like I've got the optograb on. <laughs> anyway, Google it; it's hilarious. 
but uh, <clears throat> uh, but so, um, if you position, to, what? I used to wear a a, a wide brimmed hat sometimes, so I wouldn't walk into thing. I'd get a warning before I'd whack my head on something. <laughs> That's pragmatic. Yeah. So, but the other anyway, it's just a. I won't talk about it. We'll talk about it on another show. But I did uh, watch a video. I basically listened to a podcast that was a video podcast. And if something interesting was happening, I could look up, just like glance up slightly and see what was going on and then go back Mm -hmm. to what I was doing and just continue listening without watching and like whatever, continue doing the dishes or whatever it was. Yeah. So it's... uh, I think it's going to be very popular. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too, and I I definitely want one. And by it, you mean Google, Google Glass, not your homemade mirror hat <laughs> contraption. <laughs> I'd be pretty surprised if I didn't uh, end up sued nine ways from Monday if anybody ever, you know, <laughs> put their hands on this thing because it is it's like very sharp, <laughs> exposed glass edges. And I'm sure I'm giving myself Next all kinds of eyeballs. brain cancer. You know? Wires. Yeah. So, yeah. Probably not going to get uh, that. That one's not going to end up on Kickstarter. Probably not. Oh, what do you say? You want to end the longest show ever or? <laughs> uh, we probably should. It's tomorrow. Yeah. We're, we're up on an hour and a half, so which I think is a yeah. record. I think so. This might, this might require some serious editing. <laughs> so dear listener that is our show for this week i'm jonathan stark and i'm kelly shaver and we hope you join us again next week for the niche podcast see you later night wait it won't be night time when this is broadcast yeah morning afternoon <laughs> bye <laughs> see ya